Hi, so we're just going to give you a little peek into what we're doing at the moment for The Two Towers, the second Lord of the Rings film, which is um, obviously occupying us all <laughs> morning, noon and night at the moment as we um, hurry to get it finished in time for its December release. So it'll be great to show you folks a little bit of what we're doing. The title of the two towers refers to the Tower of Orthanc, which is where Saruman, Christopher Lee's character, is based, and the Tower of Baradur in Mordor, the home of Sauron, and the two are an alliance, and it's the moment in which Aragorn has to decide whether or not he is going to really embrace his, his destiny as the king of men, because this is a time when mankind needs its king. It's a story of genocide, to some degree, of these two evil forces deciding that the race of man, mankind itself, must be eliminated from the face of the earth, and they attempt to do that. Film two, like uh, every film in this uh, trilogy, is a challenge. <laughs> and uh, will remain so until we deliver. It's great. It's a, it's a great movie. It's going to be bigger than film one. The scale is larger, but the focus on the individual characters and their struggles um, is a lot more intimate. It's the ring. It's getting heavier. So much of the story is about friendship, and I think what Two Towers is about is what happens then when you, you lose your friends. Merry and Pippin are off, you know, doing their own thing. Frodo and Sam are off doing their own thing. You have Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn doing their own thing. You've kind of established these very important characters in the first movie, and then the Two Towers allows them to kind of explore their own journeys. There are new cast members, some significant new cast members that join. There's Theoden, the King of Rohan, who's played by Bernard Hill. And what will you have me do? Look at my men. Their courage hangs by thread. His niece is Eowyn, who's played by Miranda Otto. She's sort of grown up in a world of men. She's been brought up to fight, she's been brought up to ride, she's, she is surrounded by men, and yet she's not allowed to be a man. At some level it stops and she gets left at home because she is the only daughter and because she is a woman they want to protect her, but she doesn't want to be protected. Eowyn's brother is Eomir, who is played by Carl Urban. He walks abroad, they say. There's also Faramir, who is the brother of Boromir, who was played by Sean Bean, and Faramir is played by David Wenham. There's Wormtongue, played by Brad Dorif, who is essentially the advisor to King Theoden. But not all of the new characters in the, in the Two Towers are actually played by human beings. So now we're going into the motion capture stage. This is just in a little quiet industrial part of uh, Wellington, but through this door, is where Gollum is being brought to life. Come on through. Alright, how are we going? <laughs> so Pete, this is shot 7 through 10. The character of Gollum is a completely digital creature, but I was determined that I wanted an actor to actually create the character. In this case, it's Andy Serkis. Obviously, he creates the character through the voice. But also, we're doing a lot of Gollum as motion capture, which is when Andy Serkis wears a suit covered in these little dots, and he performs Gollum, he says the dialogue, he plays the scenes out just as he would, and the computer is able to capture his movement and translate that to the digital version of Gollum. 
Andy was also there on the day that we were shooting the scenes with Sean Astin and Elijah Wood, and so Andy was playing the scenes with them on set. The stuff I'm doing on set is more demonstrating to the animators. Obviously, the animators are going to be able to create a lot of subtext by a look or a blink that the character does, you know, that I won't actually be so much a part of, you know, because that's their, their domain. Um, but I'm trying to indicate to them how I see the character being played on the floor. And often we use Andy's original performance that was photographed on the set and we do the animation over the top of Andy's performance. Gollum is probably the most actor-driven digital creature that has probably ever been used in a, in a film before. So while uh, Elijah and Sean were off filming uh, all of their sequences with Gollum and Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli were getting acquainted with the Rohan. We were down in the South Island. This countryside, this landscape was just phenomenal. The Two Towers introduces the country of Rohan, which is a country inhabited by human beings. Very Viking-like, Norse sort of based. And Edoras is the capital city of Rohan. Tolkien describes Edoras very vividly in the books as being a city of wooden buildings on like a hill in front of a range of snowy mountains. When we were originally doing our location scouting, I, I said, look, we've got to find somewhere in New Zealand, there's got to be a hill like this that's in front of the mountains that we can find. So they went helicoptering all around the country and they came back with a photograph of the absolute perfect hill. It was about 60 or 70 miles away from the nearest town. It was in the middle of the South Island. It was very remote. The only option was to pretty much build most of Edoras actually on this location. So we spent about seven or eight months actually constructing these huge buildings on top of this very, very remote hill. The end result was that in the movie we have an Edoras which is, which is thoroughly believable and I was able to go there and just shoot as if it was an existing location. The major action set piece in the Two Towers is the Battle of Helm's Deep. And Helm's Deep is, is, a, is a large stone fortress. Um, it's set up a narrow rocky gorge. It's not a strategic castle, it's actually it's a, it's a refuge. It's where the people of Rohan go and have, and have protection at times of war. But in this particular instance, the Urukai, who are led by Saruman, they are intent on killing every man, woman and child in Rohan, and so they set a huge army against this fortress of Helm's Deep. We shot endless night shoots. I think there were about three or four months' worth of night shoots. Vigo Mortensen, who plays Aragorn, and Orlando Bloom, and John Rhys-Davies, who are all, are all involved in this battle, they worked week after week after week. It was a very intensive time. To shoot more than two weeks straight of night shoots on any movie is a long time. It was so well constructed, and we were so involved in what we were doing. I didn't feel the outside world really at all. That foundation was so instrumental in us getting lost in the story, and I think in audiences getting lost in it. We also built a miniature of Helm's Deep, but what was interesting was that it wasn't just a model, it was a huge miniature. It was a quarter scale, but it was in itself about 30 or 40 feet wide. And it was so big that we could just photograph it with our cameras and it wouldn't look like a miniature, it just looked totally believable because of the sheer size of this huge model. And we were able then to put little computer-generated characters on the walls and in front of the castle staging the battles. 
We developed a, a computer program called Massive. It's a way in which every little computer person has their own brain, and they basically are not animated. They simply massed in armies, and then we press a button and they just go and fight themselves. They make up their own decisions about how they want to fight. And we use this program to some degree on the Fellowship of the Ring. But in this movie, it really comes full force against the inhabitants of Helm's Deep when 10,000 massive driven CG Urukai are marching down the valley towards the castle. How many? 10,000 strong. Let them come. It's three movies, but it is one story. People are anticipating the next chapter and what happens to these characters because it becomes much more dynamic uh, and much darker and, and, in my opinion, much more interesting. The stakes keep getting raised higher and higher and higher and it gets more and more perilous and it should be more and more adventurous. I wait with great anticipation as we hold out to see what the world's audience are going to think of the two towers because the first film has been hailed as this incredible visual epic but that's nothing compared to what's to come. There is nothing we can do for Frodo. The quest will claim his life. The ring will not save Gondor. It has only the power to destroy. If we do not trust the strength of men, then we trust to the victory of Sauron. Ready to fall, and so he will strike hard and fast at the world of men. War is upon us. That's a little bit of a preview of the two towers which is going to open in a couple of months time and um, I hope you've liked what you see and look forward to seeing you at the movies. Mine's pointing up and yours, yours is pointing down. Yeah but yours is a darker colour. But what's, yours seems to be slightly, slightly Thinner but longer. Yeah, but yours, yours is well. Yeah, as longer as. Maybe I'll. Does it come back next year and. Peanuts uh, off of yours. See if it gets a little bit big. Just um. Nothing. It was just. It's, it's, a, it's a scene. It's just it's working on um. Uh, scene with the um. Esengard. Uh, scene with the hobbits where uh, the um. The, the, the Dukes of Hazard, I think. No, the, the Knights of Rohan. Pippin's, Pippin's thing gets infected and... Um, and uh, they we, we, to, there's no doctors, of course. So I have to operate. It's, it's all down to Mary. You can cut that out, hey, Hayley. Yeah, we'll just start from here. Whee! Hey! Just a normal day at the office, Hayley. Welcome to Mary and Pippin captured by Orcs Stroke Urukai. Do you want to start? Yeah, we'll do if you want. Alright, well. Uh, 
at the end of the first movie, or I think first book as well, we, that's Merry and Pippin, get captured by the orcs and taken to, um, on the way to Mordor. Mm. And it's sort of, um, very strange for the two hobbits, of course, because having never left the Shire before this point, and then to be in this sort of fellowship, heading out to do this mission, is weird enough. But then to be cut away from anyone who knows anything about this world, Gandalf, Aragorn, Boromir, yeah. and just to be left, the two of them, with no idea what's happening. It kind of um, mirrors sort of young, young men in war, prisoners of war, like who are in a country they don't know, captured by, you know, the enemies, as, as I've always been told. I did this job with one, one DOP, with these kids' teddy bear. Yeah. We know that they're kind of interested in us because of the ring, but we don't have enough of a knowledge to the kind ring. of... ring? Yeah, the ring of power. Frodo's got it. It's, um, he wears it around his neck. What, uh, why is it, was it his mum's? You want to be part of the camera? He's my new assistant. I'm sick of walking, so I employed him to take you back and forth. Mary gets hit by uh, by the, one of these guys, unconscious for the whole run, which just kind of adds a bit of drama for the audience because they're quite keen on making it look like Mary could be dead or could be really badly injured. So it just kind of scares the audience into thinking that something really, really bad has happened. These guys are all pussycats. Too nice. They've been giving us food and drink, looking after us. We don't see Elijah and Sean as much as we used to. We started off pretty much doing two, maybe three months with them every day. And Vigo and Ian McKellen and Orlando, we just hung out all the time. And now we don't see them at all. And we kind of count the days to when we're seeing them now. I mean, once, we're, once we're onto John and he's saying his dialogue, just sprint up to that rock. Will that be right? John! These hawk boys have mighty appetites. I picked them clean. Oh, even more nuggets. Jeff! So that's where we spend our days comparing chest hairs and todgers. And, uh, well, I've got a new one. You got a new chest hair? Yeah. Oh, 137. Isn't it a cracker? You're not going in the road. 
Why are we putting rocks in them? We're gouting them so that we can stick rocks in them so that they don't look like foam dummies. So they look like, like real <laughs> bag There's some of there. I like someone to do that. It's the kind of thing you do when you have the extra river, isn't it? Usually it's fish, but in this case it's all. The basic scene is Elmer riding through the battlefields looking for Threadred and um, sort of picking his way through the dead bodies of Orcs and Rohan. And hence why we've got dead Orcs and dead Rohan in wetsuits in the river. Trying not to freeze. <laughs> Where's your favourite one, Bill? 14? No, there's the bagger. Look at him. Look at the length of that. That's a cracker. Whoa. That one is... That one's for my mum, that one. Welcome to an adventure into exotic and far-off lands. Well, we're shooting Fangorn Forest, or the backgrounds of Fangorn Forest. They've all the actors have been shot on the blue screen stage, and now these are all of the... The forest itself that the uh, that Treebeard and the actors walk through. A big soft light from above with about, uh, I don't know, 260 space lights in it or something like that. Huge amounts of wattage. Um, generators are not on and every bit of power in the vicinity holding it all together. I'm doing this miniature because uh, I filmed the live action. I. I instigated the lighting setup for the live action, set the mood for the live action stage. So um, Peter Jackson asked me to come in and and do this one, and we're treating it as a bit more of a live action shoot rather than a conventional miniature shoot. Um, so we're turning over setups a little more regularly than normal. Um, basically, the atmosphere we're looking for is not scary, but a little spooky. Um, not somewhere you'd go for a picnic. This is a specially scaled, sifted, graded leaves on perfect six scale that you can only get in New Zealand. Okay, all of these trees only occur in New Zealand, apart from introduced ones. One of the most marvellous things about making miniatures in New Zealand is that so many of our native plants, I mean, commercially grown native plants are, um, have got tiny perfect little leaves. Lots of just drapey things, not too many because we want it to be spooky but um, not evil. We built a small portion of it full size and the full size one we built had 12 trees in it and this one here has got about uh, 140 trees in it now. So this is, it's about 12 times the size or the, or the number of trees. If we built it full size, it would probably cover an acre and a half. The forest was absolutely packed full of wetters which live in all these tiny little holes. And they all came out first and walked away. And then all the spiders came out, big spiders, and made these big, dense nests. And then they went away, and their eggs hatched. And yesterday, we must have had 150 tiny little baby money spiders all came dropping out all over the place as the heat got too much for them. And about one, all in one hour, they all just descended and the forest was full of gossamer trails and these microscopic spiders, which of course on camera would have been spiders about this big. They were good scale spiders, but they weren't any use to our footage. <laughs> so we got the spider wrangler in to clean them all away. Ah, 
It's you. Shot of you halfway up the tree climbing towards that top bit and then craning off you onto Dom starting his climb. Cool. Okay. You're good at it. Uh, just go at it, just go at it. How long it holds? Is there, is there a step by step approach? Look at it. Look at the bugger. Look at the tree. Yeah. Just visualize the tree. Visualize it. In your mind or actually with your eyes? I, with your eyes, there it is. Well, I've done that. That's the first step done. Really. So what's step two? Hey, get close enough to actually hold it. Hold it and, and, and smell it. Okay. Just, just hold it. Hold it. With your feet and hands. Just to feel the, the emotion coming no, from the same back. All right. And what what's step three? Three. Just rattle right up it. Just run. Run up it. Run up it with, with your legs and hands. And, and your feet and fingers. And, and your teeth. Can you use your teeth? Yeah. I haven't used my teeth, I was going to use your teeth at all points. This guy used to be all about us, he was all about Mary and Pippin. And now, since his new best friend has come in, he doesn't care about us anymore. Don't care at all. He's, gonna, he's just told us that he's going to crush us to death with his new favourite actor. Well, the thing about it is this guy doesn't talk back. Trivia was something that we um, we touched on sort of very briefly at the beginning. There was a period in which Peter sort of said to us, OK, guys, you can go for it and just freeform on all the various different characters that are going to have to be designed in the film. And so at that time, initially, I did some drawings of Treebeard. And uh, Peter really liked the look of them and said, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, that's the way we're going to go. The process we go through goes from drawings to um, small three-dimensional maquettes to the final, um, if it's a completely digital character, what we then have to make is what this is, which is a scannable maquette, which is at a larger scale to the design models that Peter locks off on. Um, and then this, these are sort of sculpted in kind of a neutral, almost Leonardo da Vinci-style pose that our digital guys can scan in using their handheld scanner and turn into a um, completely digital model. They'll be referring to this one for little things like the placement of leaves and other small things that we won't put in the scannable maquette. sit on these on these bicycle seats here um, all the fingers will be sprung loaded in they're just sitting static at the moment and it's to make it look as though they're, they're being held by the uh, tribute's big hands so all the fingers all sort of wrap around and teaching up and the big one goes over his shoulder big thumb and that'll all be sort of textured up and then the hobbits can flail around and try and escape how weird is this? Quite weird. Going up. First floor. Monster. It's very comfortable. Good luck in India. 
Tell you what, it's so nice. Reminds me of a girl I once knew. She only was her name. Terribly rough young lady. Mm. Yeah, I would head it north. With all, all pertaining tackle that maybe, you know, half of that. Yeah. Heads everything north there, boy. Steve, can you lower Billy down so it's not yeah. quite in the same Yes, now I feel sorry. Paul, he's in there. 16 hour prosthetic. Poor guy. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, you like that? Oh, I regret not loving my uh, teriyaki in there. Uh, yeah. Oh! Debut shot of Treebeard opening his eyes for the public. You can do his eyes, you can move his head left and right, his mouth, um, head up and down. The hints are turn a little bit later. I mean, you're still looking to see the eyes, and I think. <laughs> It's like, rather than take your hand away, you can just like pull your hand off the nose. Yeah, and just kind of... And then, and then you go, so you're going to see the, the eyes blink, blink. You'll take your hand off the eyes and then the face is going to turn towards you. And yeah, it's yeah. It's almost like the face... Yeah. <laughs> the intensity yeah. of the face turning is what actually throws you off. Yeah, yeah. Alright? Just to let you know that this actor's bark is worse than his bite. The head should come round a bit later, yeah. That's the yeah. Maybe we should bury the a bit of the head curve on towards you and the camera. Gollum's climbing down a uh, wall toward the hobbits, and basically, uh, we're gonna 
put him in there uh, digitally. Ah! I mean, this is all technical stuff that you guys yeah. should work out amongst yeah. yourselves. Yeah. I'll run a pull right here so you yeah. watch yeah. it. Yeah. And if you guys pull him down like this, we can get him through here. We'll get him back going and then we'll cut. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you, so we fill it. Fill the frame with his back. What's your luck? So, I mean, make, this, make the same move, but pick maybe the last third just to slide out again, give him room at the end. Go! Now he's here. Oh, there we are. There you are. There it is. I'm not in it at all. I'm not in it at all. That was your shot. Let's see that again. That's, that's, that's so, and, and, yeah, absolutely. And then. <laughs> and then, and then you're preparing to get your face up there to yeah. really present yourself. And you're, and you're sitting there thinking lunch is all. No, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Oh, there's your face. Oh, no, it's down a bit. Is it there? No, let's do that again. No, look, see, I'm okay, thinking. Take off, no, see, I'm like. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Just run it, run it, run it, please. Sean, yeah, that hand could go all the way there. He could be around like this. I mean, it could. It, that could work, and also it could work so that if that hand is pulled there, this shoulder is pulled forward, we don't see where Sean's hand is. It's, just, it's your typical straightforward Gollum introduction shot, you know? I'm playing Gollum. I'm playing the character of Gollum. Um, now, the character of Gollum does tend to kind of belong to a lot of different departments, obviously, because it's a computer-generated character. Um, but I guess what I'm doing is really providing the, the acting side of it, the emotional drive behind the character, the physicality, um, and, and I suppose most importantly, the voice. We shoot either motion control, which is basically when the camera is linked up to the computer and can repeat moves exactly. So, um, you know, if I do something and the interaction is good between us, they can basically just repeat the move with the other actors and wipe me out. Uh, and then the other, the other way of doing it is like a reference pass where they just shoot me acting it and then they do the, the scene again with the other t two actors. So they, they usually uh, then have to reenact the scene with me stepping out. Uh, and then the other type is, 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 is for them is a mind pass where I'm not there at all. Spring off the rock or something, you know? Almost, yeah. And, and then you're, you're coming down when Andy lands, but you're not actually using him as your reference when you're tilting up. So you get the thumb of him landing, and then as he rolls, you're tilt up. And you're basically coming down with Andy when Andy drops. When they capture Gollum and it's a lot of scrabbling about, it's very vicious and cat-like, and they're all the descriptions that Tolkien has about the different physicalities that Gollum has. I'm, I've tried to incorporate it into the part. There's a lot of energy that goes into the performance on the day, on the take, and then you realise, of course, that nothing that is nothing that I do every day, nothing of it is is in the can, you know, uh, and that's weird. Because you just go home at the end of the day thinking, great, okay, well, I've done my performance, and I've done it, it's, uh, I think I've got it there, I think I nailed that scene or whatever. And then, and then it's, uh, it's, it's really yet all to be done in post-production. I mean, when I'll really be nailing it will be uh, when I do the vocal track. Action! We give them a, a bit of a foundation of a fight, and then um, to suit their acting ability and whatever they change if they wish. 
we were hoping to do it really technically, but um, Thurma was a difficult one, but they threw it out the door, so we wouldn't end up doing it, unfortunately. But they did a great job. It's really cool. I love what they do. And Gollum's, Gollum's just so much energy. It's just fantastic. You get really exhausted because you're um, giving it 100%, and um, as you can notice on on that last take, they're pretty exhausted because they're not just acting and fighting, they're actually, you know, giving everything they've got. And um, and the muscles just get tired at the end of the day and you just gasp for air because you're just giving it heaps. That's, that energy was great, fantastic. That's the reason why stunt guys got to be so fit too, basically. Because you forget how much energy you have to put into it until you do it yourself. great at all, I'm worried about they don't get hurt, <laughs> you know, there's big rocks over there. 320? We had some foot It's not the most, uh, you know, sexy of costumes. Or maybe it is, I don't know, maybe... Some people. There's some people somewhere, and if you're out there, have fun. <laughs> God. I mean, that was a pretty good moment there. I reckon oh, that's yeah. fine. I reckon that's fine. I reckon that, was, that was great. That was great. I think we should just buy that, shouldn't we? This is the kind of the motion capture phase of, of the Gone journey. And what I'm doing now is actually getting a chance to, to do the performance proper because um, on set it was really, you know, kind of a case of getting the choreography right and the positioning and, you know, presenting the other actors with, with, with stuff to play off. But now this is where I get to, to really physicalise uh, Gollum using the Gollum puppet by means of using the, the uh, sensors on here, going through it into the computer. I mean, this is cutting-edge stuff here. This technology is just being evolved all the time. As I move the puppet, I can see him moving in real time inside the goggles. Let's try to restart. All the lights are the cameras, yeah, and they all pick up on the reference on the dots. So to link this up to the Gollum puppet, I have to start from this kind of uh, similar starting position each time we go for a take. Gollum's got to be real, as any other character in the in the films, be integrated into the scenes as much. It's just this is a, a rather protracted way of doing it. Oh, sorry, let me put Sam in. But it is really highly enjoyable and I would recommend it for anyone to try it at home. <laughs> if you've got if you've got 15 cameras and a and um, and a black suit and some sellotape.
Sitting in St. Bernard Hill, body doubling. Because it's too it's like a too much for him to do it all in one day, you know. So. Oh my special coat coming now. Oh. It's very ironic because it's the part I wanted to play. So perhaps Bernard might meet with an accident very shortly. <laughs> I know where he is now. Oh, wow, wow. Three stitches. Three stitches, a result of friendly fire. I got hit by my own assistant. Gambling whacked me on the ear with his sword. Complete accident, of course. That's what he says. I think that was the first night I was filming with him, too, so... It was a bit of a, bit of a rough introduction. Sorry about that, Ben. <laughs> I think he's after the job myself. He's after my job. I think the reaction, um, guys, the reaction to the door slamming is too big, it's too dramatic. It's one of those things where you guys are playing it cool, eh? And it's like, you know, you're noticing everything around you, the door slams, so you glance back at the door and the door's closed. It's not sort of, it's not a big dramatic kind of thing. It's just a bit, you know, you can, but you're aware, well, yeah, you can just, you can glance back, but it's, maybe, no, maybe glance back and have a look at, at the, each other, each other at that like, point, it's like, okay. Action! Together and they're all sort of pushing and shoving, some are faster than others, and there's some big horses here. 
come off a couple of times, but the horse just run over the top of me, so with your shield on your back and your hat on, and you're pretty right. <laughs> I just so that you just hang around and tighten up bits of gear on horses and look after horses and, and just see to the needs of the riders and, and the horses, basically, probably more the horses than the riders. He <laughs> threw the food before I put it in his mouth. He doesn't like it. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, you see? <laughs> the commitment level of a race. Oh, mate! He's got the wrong idea! <laughs> yeah, hey, big guy. I said I want a big black guy, but this is going too far. See women with beards, there's one going past now. The worrying thing is, it's, uh, it's hard to know myself after a while, you know. <laughs> Which lose do we use? Yesterday, Simon was calling everyone gents, and I think that the majority of the people on horses were, in fact, women. Every night we have to clean them with alcohol and make sure they're looking really pretty for the next day. They get, they get really, because these guys are riding horses, so they get really dusty and they do get pretty dirty, so we have to really clean them at the end of the day. If they're not clean, they won't stay on properly. The worst things when you're trying to eat lunch a big plate full of crayfish and you can't open your mouth. It's torture, man, I tell you. <laughs> and it's even worse for sticking it after lunch because you've got bits of food and crumbs and yeah. stuff with it. It's a childhood dream come true, isn't it? Oh, it is. I mean, you need like to get, get up like this and having a sword. Not quite cowboys and Indians yeah. oh, or no. something. Yeah. <laughs> never get through this good. anywhere else ever again. You know, right. it's just hey. Magic, eh? Carbs come along and do their magic on it. Carb it all up, stop it all up, and paint it. So we just prepare the surfaces for them and then, then they come and do it. I grew up reading Tolkien and um, and I guess in lots of respects the Rohan seemed to be based a, at least a little loosely on, on I guess Nordic, uh, Celtic type people in the highlands and the snow and obviously the motor transport and, and getting around in general with the horses so but I must admit horses frighten me <laughs> we bought 10 acres of meat crop to do all our thatching in various uh, buildings we're currently the biggest thatchers in New Zealand you know there's not a bigger company than us uh, we've got uh, four guys and myself at the moment, another man coming tomorrow. Um, it's just a trial and error thing. We started out with a hand stapler and a piece of string, you know, and we've upgraded the tools and um, yeah, this is the result. First few hours I was here I couldn't concentrate very well because I keep catching these fantastically panoramic snow-capped mountains all around me and kept forgetting 
the measurement I'd just taken and stuff like that. We couldn't have asked for a better day than today. I mean, to see the crew's face when they came in this morning, uh, you know, the sun was just coming up and the tops of the mountains were, 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 were all sun-kissed and glistening. Uh, and everyone was kind of in a very good mood. Uh, it's, it's really tough when on a miserable day people come in and they are miserable and they will pick holes in everything. We've had our problems this morning, like every morning, but everyone's like, yeah, no worries, don't we don't care about that. And uh, uh, they give us a chance to, to sort things out. Oh, bring in the helicopter. Help me get up the hill. <laughs> this farmer was a huge fan of the books and had just spent his lifetime build, building this thing on top, top of the hill. And she was like, oh, so he just totally, so, so, totally when we get the I mean, I can just do what I'm doing here. Hello. Um, oh, yeah, that's good. It's a great day for being here. Our first day at Eris, and uh, the set's taken eight months to build. And we've really got not much more than eight days to shoot. Then it'll be gone, so it's a funny old business, really. Still, it'll always survive on film for many generations to come. Yeah, higher, higher, get rid of that foreground, those foreground bits of tussock. Up to about there, or there, there. That's better, that's what I like it. Two at us! So we just want to show you the terrain, sorry? Are not doing this again? Yeah, we're doing this again. It's all to do with the pan and the, and the yeah, crane. It's, it's all to do with those two marrying into each other. And this was, a, this was a quantum leap better than the previous take. Still like to have more of that in the foreground, but I can always rack it down. I mean, I can actually do a little bit of fixing of that, that uh, at a later date as well. Yeah. Okay, good though, good. I feel quite privileged to be on a film set like this. It's probably the biggest one you or I or anybody will ever be on. It's magnificent. Everybody's just awe-inspired by the grandeur of it. We'll probably strip it a few away and just dot them around there, couldn't we? I've only ever served you, my lord, as a faithful steward. That's like a life thing, really, Adaras, because you never would sit in a place like that in, in the world. That place is now gone. You know, you can see pictures of it, but no one, I mean, you know, I had an opportunity to have an experience very few people can have. It was beautiful to sit in this place that with, with these thatch roofs and, you know, overlooking this, in this gorgeous valley that it just, it was, it was a fairy tale. And I just remember thinking, my God, you know, this is, this is something extraordinary. I, I'll never forget this. Is that a check? Is that a check the gate? Is it? I think it's a check the gate and move on to the next shock number, which is thirty cam at the top. Isn't it? That's 
I think we just put them on a rostrum and have them walking along and we're just pop the camera up and it's like, I don't know what. We just... So aerial shot coming up, folks. All gear will have to go inside. You'll get your best rotation coming through here, Pete. Yep, yep, yep. Straight through here. Yep. So you see her profile, so you end, you end up quite profile. Well, she okay. could be a silhouetted figure, almost. Are we talking uh, head yeah. to toe? I, I think we should stand out here if we're going to do that because she'll physically just be closer to the camera. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I think this is the better end. Um, we're talking sort of head to toe at the end, yeah. Okay. You can try one where you're a little bit wider, just in okay. case it's nice to stay wide. And okay. We'll see her, obviously. Oh, yeah. And you, could, you could try one where the frame is like about four times her height. Yep. And then maybe maybe when, you, when you've when nailed one like that, just, just, just see if you can get one that just closes in on her. The helicopter's going to come up and around. It's got a whiz cam on it, which is this stabilizing thing, which means it's actually going to get into a very tight, tight shot. It'll be hovering out here, but it'll be, it'll be nailing you in a quite a extreme close-up. The biggest concern for us is obviously we're starting off pretty early in the morning in a lot of cases. A lot of people, a lot of stuff going on, so I guess um, the most important thing is to establish uh, that the actors are, are comfortable, that they arrive safely and um, that if they've got a heavy duty scene on that we're not in their face, that we're just sort of there to support them getting through prosthetics and makeup and that sort of stuff. This book was given to me by some friends for my birthday on the 17th of December, 1977. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Roger, Leslie, Luke and Jake. That's another that was my birthday. What? 77 this morning. He's a prick. <laughs> what were you doing in 77? You were probably being born, right? Yeah, I was being born. The sky's closing in and it's looking like shite up there at the moment. The wind is also way too much for the choppers. We are going to start off with the Gandalf and scale double scene quickly, one shot out of that. Mm -hmm. And then we're moving into the barrows, into the funeral stuff. Okay, so we'll be the, into the 260s. these women to do. The funeral in reverse. Yeah, brilliant. Funeral in reverse. Bury him, then walk through the streets with him. extras on today. Um, most of them have had about three hours sleep. The ones who were on yesterday, their bus broke down on the way to Christchurch last night. They got back at 11pm and their call time to meet the bus again was 3.30am again this morning. Unbelievably, they're still happy. You slip out of that and pull, grab him, snatch, snatch him back, and then a struggle, 
and lift. And lift, lift. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It'll be good to get a proper fall in here instead of just falling into frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Sam. And look. Walk, pies, and go. Yeah, so just, just keep that bow, just grab it with the one hand and hold it. Just, just grab them and put them, put them in and get them in the sort of like a neck and neck cross, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Friends of Mordor, if that's what you're thinking. We're innocent travelers. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on, Paul. Come on. <laughs> that's good, though. That's good. Uh, Look again, please. Didn't seem like a grab or push that time. No, no I, I didn't think it was because we pulled the speed on the You, you can tell that if you step through with your, your left hand, right? Yeah. Your left Drive hand comes through, yeah. You don't actually have to physically do it. I'll okay. control myself, but if you do that. Yeah. So my left shoulder will, you know, you're just sort of pushing through my left shoulder and I'll just move it out of the way. Like a little hand. Do you want to practice it once? Yep, yep. And so it's, it's, that's, that's good. Yeah, that and then you right. can follow through with that too. Like bring your, once I go down, bring your left leg through. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, yeah, and stand with your hand on your sword and when you, when you get the note, kill them, it comes out, yep. Yep, it's gonna be fun. And action! Oh, Spies! Camera! What? No, we're no friends of Mordor, if that's what you're thinking. We're innocent travelers, I tell you. Pretty good. Just try, we'll just try one more. Um, I just wonder, Peter. When you go up with Elijah being grabbed, I think as soon as we have pulled hooks pull forward, you can get like play, play yeah, like, 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 like the hook looks pretty creepy, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got it? Okay. Yeah. If you need any more, you can use our Ebony on Turn you around and feed you back in. 
We're just going to do his ball back over there because of the architecture. So just stick to the right, come on through, and I will turn you around and send you back through so you can be recycled. And action. Back run. David. 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 Aaron would bring you into these lands. We are hobbits of the Shire. Frodo Baggins is my name, and this is Samwise Gamgee. Your guard, your bodyguard. His gardener. We set out from Rivendell with seven companions. Then you are not alone. One was lost in Moria. Two were my kin. Somebody walked right through where the hobbits are standing. And was either somebody with arrows on their back. Before every scene, I always have a little shot of bliss. Uh, oh, that's bad. Do you want to fill with something? No, I just think these are wildly named men, and um, they're just kind of wild, rugged men that never wash or clean or anything, so that's why we have to make them look studious. Jeez, I'm not being typecast. <sighs> they're not the most attractive bunch. <laughs> two years away from 80, so it's a little difficult after a while. It gets a little tiring, a little hot, a little uncomfortable. It's a scene in which uh, Saruman the wizard, which, which uh, Chris, Christopher Lee over here is playing, um, he, is, uh, he is trying to cause trouble for the people of Rohan. And, um, and what he's done is he has, he has got the wild men and the Dunlendings, which you guys are, down from the hills. The people of Rohan stole your land off you several hundred years ago, and they banished you to the mountains. And you've become like sort of, um, you've become like, like the Kentucky hillbillies, you know, you've inbred. And uh, which I'm sure if you stayed here long, long enough would, would happen as well. But uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll get you home tonight, night in good time.
been a big game between the Rohans, the Orcs, the Yurikais, and the Wild Men. It's hard work, but uh, the bad is with the winners on the day, unfortunately. It's hard to judge on the uh, exact rating of it, mate, because um, obviously they all died, but um, I think they put in a strong game. It's a big defence. <laughs> it was, uh, went like a house on fire, actually. <laughs> hey, Jeff, you got any um, small kittens or goats or children you want to put in here? Yeah, Dory, 13, take one. Well done, guys. Thank you. Very good. Seven, take eight. A and B camera commentator slate. Beautiful sunny day today, which it's good because when it's not, it's really cold up here. With an excellent Queenstown background going on yeah. at the moment. Hugely awesome background. Just being yeah. up here is just quite incredible. Man. And it's great because people come and give you lollies and and fuss over you and it's great and glue our beards on every five yeah. minutes so this isn't real it may look real but this is all out yeah, it's all non-natural probably just before the start of the track raise the bow the thing is when i'm doing it if i'm firing like this yeah that's the this is the way i would normally fire yeah yeah so if i'm flipping it yeah then I should be like that, okay. for it to be believable. Yeah. At the moment we just seem to be running and trying not to get run over by horses. <laughs> <laughs> like that, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, one guy just ran right in front of a horse and I thought he was going to get trampled, but uh, the horsemen are really, really good, so he managed to get out of the way. Joking, aren't you? What's she going in front of me for? Who went in front? I've just got to comprehend this big bog I've got to run through here as well. Just all good humour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's getting revved up yeah. on that voice thing. We're going to try and... Can we not have the shouting? No shouting? We're freaking the horses out, so we have to yell like this. And if you hold your release till the end of the wind, because what happens is you can go and fire, you just let it go, and the axe is coming slower, and we want to go, we want to just try and keep those closer together. You should be on the end of end, and I should be at the beginning of fire. No, because the end is trying to, trying to give you a, a warning that it's coming. If the threat just goes at the beginning of the word fire and you release at the end of the word fire. Well, the horses run through the mud and uh, dig it all up. You have to follow through. Through that. It's a bit hard on the ankles. It'll be okay. Oh, one sec. No, no, don't do the fall. Do not fall. You right, Brett? Yeah. I thought you said to. That's okay. Walk in and go. You right, Brett? So, 313 plus 7 Bravo. 
looks a bit dodgy, his fault, but his costume by its nature is extremely padded. There's a lot of wardrobe garments. Even the axes that he falls on are actually very light foam, so um, it's not as dangerous as it might appear to be. Don't go, sir, don't stop! You all right? I love coming to Teana because we get to film on indoor sporting. Mm -hmm. I we should get a basketball game. We did Kirithon goal on a tennis court, and now we're going to do the games of Moria in a basketball game. Find, hmm? Lembus, maybe? Lembus. What? More Lembus? Fake. Real. Real. Very real. Heavy. Light. Didn't have enough rocks on set this morning, so um, the riverbed of the local river is uh, two foot smaller. Very small set, very low roof, and uh, limited everything. And, uh, make something as you go along, basically. One of those prime examples of um, working through it, thinking you got it, and not quite getting it and starting again. But uh, it'll all be fine in the end. We'll get there. Hobbits are sitting on top of the of the rock, looking down onto the gates, and then the gates open. Okay, yours. Being a miniature, we don't want it to look like a miniature. We want it to look like the real thing. So the gate would slowly open, come to a pause, and hold, and then with all the inertia behind it to close it again, much the same effect. So it closes. Um, on the day, we'll probably see a whole bunch of total digital characters all acting their part onto the screen. It's opening! I can see a way down! Oh, no! Very, very windy today. I heard it was 70, what is it, uh, 70 kilometer per hour gust, something like that? It's pretty mad. I, I nearly fell over on Sean as, as he was tucked into the rocks there. And uh, I had to jump over him because I was, I was going for him. The wind was pushing me hard. It's very interesting to work in wind like this.
Well, they've got the WAG sequence coming up, which is majorly effects intensive because a lot of the WAGs are going to be computer graphics. So uh, I guess they just want to nail down the sequence and the most definitive way to visualize that, you know, before we before we started storyboarding it. And John's going to be shooting a lot of it, so um, I think also for his peace of mind to make sure he's shooting what Pete wants. Um, we're going to board up a few ideas and run them past Pete, and you know he'll make any alterations that he wants. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll all end up on the same page with what we're shooting. And John, you really need to take that moment and sense what the horse is doing, and then start looking around so that your concern is what starts the line from from gambling. Oh, okay. So when you know I'm, I'm, I'm so yeah, when you first come to that mark, yeah, you, you can still check look up, up there. clear that of your, you know. Today we're up in Deer Park, Queenstown. Sound problems here today. We've had aeroplanes going overhead and helicopters and uh, stuff like that, as well as the regular onset sound problems. But the biggest problem of all is the wind noise. It's absolutely phenomenal because, as you're about to see, there is a huge storm front coming in. It's about to snow in a big way. This is another snow sequence, another unscripted snow sequence. Today's a, a wag day. Um, we don't have wags obviously, so we are computer generated. So what we have to do in situations like this is uh, survey all the terrain that the wag walks on. Also the lights uh, and um, advise on the animation of the WAG so um, it can come to life in the environment that the plate was filmed in. No, no, I was trying to put it in a positive light. Although we enjoy your, your participation on this group. This is 1B. <laughs> we have no weather coming. <laughs> Are we going to use something? Yes, it's coming in nicely now. Uh, uh, we love this. This is really living. Keep the horses warm, and as we feel the snow easing, we'll set up. Feel the snow easing. You think it's going to ease? Okay. That was for the whole. Really Joe, what do we see of gambling the back there? Don't, don't John, does gambling being looking down at what's happening here? Basically, a big giant wolf jumps off that ledge back behind us. We ride up. We're marked out by the, by the wee dots there. There's no doubt they'll computer it hurts. Computers, mate. They can do anything now. Don't know what we're in there for, but um, I'm much better on computer. The form of shiatsu massage. Yeah. It, apparently, it helps increase your intelligence. Just before it takes you, it does it. Yeah. Oh, come on, so intelligent. I know exactly what's going on. My bun in case I called upon to work in a restaurant. <laughs> Because refugees have to be fed, you know. Well, I could actually go for this. I don't know if work would let me, but uh, I could go for this. Get a Harley Davidson, cruise across the country, join a heavy metal band. If you all think of this cold, um, think of yesterday morning up here, so that a real misery, and you've been walking for a long time, very tired, and we should be talking to each other, not just walking straight ahead, so you can interact, so you can be saying, I wonder what's happened to the, you know, the, the fighting men, I wonder what's happened to the homes we've left, 
and some of the older people can take a bit of a stumble and the younger people can help them up if somebody in front of you can stop and get some breath but look really miserable all the way through this and it will be worth it because it'll be it'll be great when you watch this you'll be really proud of what you've done not smiling sir not smiling injured man coming through my job in a shot like that is to get uh, sort of detail of the column, which is something that uh, allows them to cut into the wide shots and make it look like it's a continuous, long, endless march. Someone's standing up having a fag at the back there. I can see them. Tell them to hurry up. Keep the pace up, guys. We're just trying to, these horses are so well trained that they're bomb proof, they're not even scared of this. We can't, we're finding it hard to frighten them now, so we've, we've trained them too well you could say. Rock them up! Call wag, which is when it's bouncing on this ledge here and leaping off, you would be pulling your horse out of the way. And as the wag comes down, we take the CG wag and a CG horse and uh, harm it to the ground. I think you'll find the CGI means much more realistic. Slash an imaginary orc sitting on an imaginary warg with an imaginary sword. I don't know why I'm here. I should be in bed in a real bed. Get some real sleep.
hard working extras on a big day today and then we come oh, pan along and we catch our most laziest workers, the stunties! <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. We're shooting two sets at the same time. Action! It's coming down. Coming down. Action! This is what we call in the stunt department a brohan. I'm already trying to be a <laughs> I'm already trying to be a Rohan, eh? Oh, we got your secret uncovered, brother. You're not gonna get away with it. You're false. You're not a bloody boat! Yeah, he likes it. He does this when he's learning at home. He does this with me in bars at night. Yeah. This morning I sort of I got out of bed on the wrong side kind of in the sense that I was thinking, oh god, we got a whole day of things that we're not sure what we're how we're gonna do them. And time is pressing now more than ever as we're getting toward the you know, the last phase of the shoot. It's, uh, how would you get down there? Yeah, and a lot of these stunts that we've been doing are things that normally, if this, if you didn't know each other well, and didn't trust each other, you really wouldn't be able to pull off uh, A, well, so that it looks good, you know, and, and believable, and B, safely. You want to see a doctor about that, Jeff? I'm going to. Go with the action of the uh, hey, work as well. Back. Riding, ready! Lots of energy, backgrounds! And... Action! Helm's Deep is a very ancient fortress. I, I wanted it to look like a real castle that we could believe actually exists, but at the same time have an architectural difference to anything that we recognise here on Earth. And Tolkien's very specific. It has the, the long wall, the deeping wall. It has the Hornburg, which is the massive keep, and the tower, which houses the horn, which blasts through these like echo chambers. The causeway leading up to the, to the gate of, of the Hornburg is also the scene of major fighting during the battle. We've created a, a, a miniature of Helm's Deep, which is actually, we're gonna be using it in the movie for wide shots, but it's useful just taking the cameras close to this miniature to at least have a look at some of these design aspects. It's a plywood base with 50 mil polystyrene put on it, which has previously been textured with a water blaster, 
and a saw, believe it or not. And then we um, sort of bed it in and plaster it with a big plaster blaster, which spurts plaster at it flat out. And guys come along and brush it in to the poly so we end up with a reasonable sort of texture. And after that, we finally get fit to paint it, which is the best bit. Well, this is the uh, quarter scale behind me, and uh, we've uh, the reason we build a quarter scale is basically economic reasons. It's uh, impractical to uh, build a full castle, and uh, if we did build a full castle, we'd probably need helicopters and everything to film it. So it's um, it's where we can film the full castle, but we do build full scale little sections of it. We call this the D set. It's actually the central part of the castle, the main gate section really, when you come in the main gates and uh, and we use that for all those sequences where we're shooting the front of the castle. We occasionally with computer effects will blend this with the quarter scale over to the left but um, uh, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the minimum we could get away with building to shoot what we uh, the main action that happens in the main gate. This is a bit of film timber, it's uh, hollow in fact. This is the quarter scale version of uh, what we're standing on here and um, although there's a few slight differences, the, this rock here for example is supposed to link up with that one meaning we, we shouldn't be able to see through here but uh, we, the economics of, of it all is mean we, we don't build whatever we don't need and uh, as a result um, this little opening is here although it has caused a bit of concern for the filming crew, they would have preferred us to have built this rock and uh, we often argue about whether it would have been cheaper to have built this then have to uh, put it in in post-production. With the uh, this causeway and also the subsequent ramp up inside the castle caused us a little bit of strife. Um, there's a major horse action that has to happen on it and right from the start we knew we needed to um, make it so the horses could gallop down here reasonably safely. Um, we uh, the, the horse guys had these special hooves with some uh, titanium sort of stuff welded into the hooves and that sort of all worked and when we first laid the causeway with these concrete cobbles the horses came down and it all worked well but one thing that we didn't take into account was uh, that the concrete was still green it was still soft and subsequently when they came back a few months later with the horses the horses were skidding around all over the place and uh, we had this major problem where we would built the set we'd, we'd gone through the whole process and we needed to find a way that the horses could uh, gallop down here and still have plenty of traction so we went through an evolution of different thoughts and we've ended up with uh, rubber hooves, rubber, rubber horseshoes and a special um, epoxy paint that's been painted over the top with grit put in it and now it's, uh, it's, it's actually better than it ever was. It's very bizarre working in the same place on two different, such different scales. Well, the flames are for the small ones and the full-scale ones are uh, a bit of an exercise to get them both the same. We've wound up having to mix gases and bits and pieces to actually get them to look the same. And the problem is that uh, one flame in full size is not the same as a flame in miniature. They don't, uh, they're not as wispy, and they don't look as good, so there's quite a bit of time involved in actually getting them to look exactly the same.
Bar the gate and set a watch on the surround. My lord. And bring me report every hour. Saruman's arm will have grown long indeed if he thinks it can reach us here. Helm's Deep is not a strategic castle, it's a refuge. It's at the end of a valley and it's where the people of Rohan shelter during the time of war. But what, the, what they don't realise is that Saruman is intent on wiping every man, woman and child out. Um, genocide, basically. So he he's deliberately attacking the refuge to try and kill all these people. So that's really the significance in the story. A great host, you say? 10,000 strong, at least. Plastic toys of your lordship. From your skull, scanned in a small dark room, my lord. Shall I tell them it is all right, my lord? Someone get the phone. <laughs> This is a new silicone piece so far. We haven't he hasn't done many stunts in it yet, but it holds up pretty pretty well. Holds up all day with fairly low maintenance. So the real test will be when he's fighting if he has this on. Otherwise we'll go back to the foam uh, latex, which is uh, really durable but it doesn't look as nice. It's better for closer because it uh, it looks more flush, fleshy and it uh, looks more realistic. You can't really see my brows moving or all the rest of it. Yeah, and no real sort of neck movement. A bit like having a bucket glued to your head. A certain cue, you're going to rush, rush forward and give him an embrace down in front of the steps here. Yep, the set's great, you can kind of just about shut your eyes or squint and believe it's a real medieval castle. It feels like we're shooting somewhere in Yugoslavia or Eastern Europe somewhere. But it's um, it's all polystyrene. In fact, if you look, look, look down here, you can actually see bits of genuine polystyrene. You see, you can, you can break the, break helms deep with your own fingertips. It's, um, but it's good. The art department done a great job and, uh, it feels real. What I like about it is that it doesn't feel like a set in the sense that it's all neat and clean. And some movies you see castles that are, have been built and they're all just a bit too tidy. And um, this one feels old and ancient. Even in the time that the story set, it's very old. It's about a thousand years old. So we wanted something that had a certain decrepit feeling to it. Um, and all the little bits of moss and, and uh, lichen and things that the art department have put on the walls really with helps. And, you are the luckiest, canniest, most foolhardy wench I ever met. Wench? <laughs> uh, where's the queen? Uh, where's, where's the queen? Uh, upstairs. And set. And action! Elvish White, be damned! You are the luckiest, the canniest, and the most reckless man I ever met! Oh, bless you, laddie. Where's the king? 
Thou is a man. Uh, I'll just stink from you other miserable cow-clanking buggers. Person.
drives a sword and you know he should he should react to that at the moment he's going absolutely stone cold as he gets the uh, the elbow and then the flank frozen yeah we got to get closer so he's he's shorter cut off and killed. Guys fighting like crazy and trying to climb up the uh, 
battlements on those ladders. And you chaps are, are kind of in the background here behind these big crossbows. You guys will be jostling to get your turn at the Alps. You're a Kai soldier. <laughs> mean dude, with a meanies. Is he going to be in a helmet? Yeah, yeah. crossbows. Okay, all these guys are crossbows. They're all fine. Because you've obviously got the helmet on there, you're going to have to hang the on. The most fantastic guys we've got are the guys that came up from Queenstown. Just the very fact that they've come back for a second go. Some of them have done 25, 30 days of Urukai's training and, uh, you know, the, the fact that they're there in the front row cracking into it. We put different helmets on them every night and just shove them back out again. And uh, it's been great, great. This is our aeroplane rig. Uh, it fires about 60 arrows randomly all, all at the same time. And it just runs on air, compressed air. And what else can I tell you about it? The soft safety tips. <laughs> We've got the big fettering ram, like a big sausage. I'm going to ram the door down with the right hand carpet. Theoden himself is going to stab me right in the neck with a spear. Oh. Yeah. So just let it yeah. I think I've lost my mojo, baby. Do you like my mullet? This is the medieval mullet. <clears throat> Old school mullet. to get through yet. They've been trying for hours, eh? Yeah. Right? Take after take after take. We keep telling them that they just don't pass the dress code. <laughs> We've got both Aragorn and Gimli in what we call flying harnesses with wires coming off of them attached to a crane. My role specifically is to make sure to get them from point A to point B, get their body angle at the right place and, and above all to do it safely. Tonight we're using Vigo, the lead actor in this sequence. This is a relatively safe sequence to, to put a lead into. 
and Vigo's the type of guy who really likes to get in and do all his own stuff, and he does a very good job at it too. So one of the problems we've had tonight is making the flight look realistic for the particular camera angles that we're shooting with. As we stepped off, Vigo, it looked like we, we pushed up in our, in our, in our jump, which because of your, the speed at which we're jumping in the distance, feels unnatural, feels like a moon spring. Okay, we didn't have much luck breaking in this time, but we're feeling confident. We're gonna go have a cup of tea, and then we're gonna come back and, and come on in. The doors, there is a bomb release which holds the doors closed with the battering ram hitting the doors, therefore it won't open. On a command, the release is tripped, and the next hit of the doors, the doors will come open. I have complete faith in the grips. The professionals.
quite a petite little thing, but she's coming off as a very, very powerful sword fighter. So it's worked really well. It's incredible fun walloping them. As long as I don't hurt any of them, cross fingers. <laughs> it's actually ace fun. I think women should get to do more of it. <laughs> Right now, what we're doing is Theoden, who is the king of the Rohans, is leading all the other top guys, like Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, leading them into the Urukai. And they're on the causeway, and they're attacking the castle. And Theoden is leading the charge into uh, the Urukai and knocking them out, killing them by the hundreds. Because we're the good guys, you see. On this side of the camera, we're the good guys. On your side of the camera, you're the bad guys. Everybody should be on that side of the lamp. part of the health and safety team and there's four of us that work for Lord of the Rings. We have uh, two on-set nurses and we have uh, two safety officers that uh, cover the three units while we're filming. And primarily we're here to uh, avoid injury. Hi, I'm Solo. I'm Stunty. <laughs> and the reason we're here today is because of this. Our fight scenes are big and, uh, and people do make contact with their swords. One guy uh, lacerated the front of his chin. Uh, we had another guy who uh, was hit across the top of the head with a with a sword and um, required uh, staples in his scalp. They are staples instead of stitches. Whoa! Don't you dare lose any of them. Oh, Salas, does that hurt? Just like, you feel that at all, Salas? Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. That's cool. Yeah, right. Medical science on oh, yeah. This is uh, Oscar Ruins. It's uh, we call it the uh, greatest hits of Lord of the Rings. It's uh, it's made up of a amalgam of uh, a number of previously loved sets. Generally, we've been able to join them all together and make the ruins of Oscar Taking our sets out into the water to make it look like a sort of riverside, um, sunken, stone glitch. I'm always been interested in producing pictures that feel as though they have a three-dimensional quality, that they have, you know, they have uh, corners that you could, you could go round and uh, imagine you know, something else is there. And this is really uh, following that path to an extraordinary degree. Copy that. OK, guys, come on over here. To be able to uh, sketch something and make little models and then come here and uh, see it all made real. It's been wonderful. You've got to make a room for the people that are arriving, so you might want to be crouched either, either side, something under, under this tunnel here. The good thing for this shot is that we're just using invisible arrows, so I think we should do all right, you reckon? Perfect every time. 
Remember, your lives are at stake. You've just got to jump up, pop off an arrow, and, and duck back down again. It's all looking great. We do a bit of a clean up on them every now and again, send them back to the workshop. But um, they're pretty durable. And both masses good, no problem. That's both masses like same like we were already moving, finishing your work uh, about twelve months with mass, no problem. Elijah and I got on our knees so that we could simulate the height of the hobbits. Just for a reference. Just for a reference for the camera. Well, BK and Fawn saw us kneeling down. And even though they're only three feet tall, they assumed, because their job is to mimic our movements, they came in and, and took a knee. So instead of being three feet tall, they're a foot and a half. So mid-Sean Sean was like, BK, get up. <laughs> Stand up, BK. Marry my sister. Love her, man. She's a, you know, she's a beautiful girl. Just amazing. The peace has come. Good meets evil makes beauty. You know, that's all it is, you know. Why, why can't we all just get along? We're asking you to get paid for uh, playing, dressing up and um, play acting. <laughs> I love you, man. Okay, boys. Okay. Go rock and roll, guys. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it, boys! Action! Hundred and sixty-fifth day today in prosthetics. <laughs> Too much. I'd say um, eighteen months. Um, that amount of prosthetics concentrated would have to be a record. But maybe someone like Freddy Krueger might have um, done an awful lot over quite a few years, you know, six years or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, not as concentrated or such a heavy, full-on prosthetic. <laughs> You know, it smells like it just came back down. Yeah. 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 I love fruit. Very good for you. You know, when you're on set, you should be trying sweets. Things that give you high blood sugar level kicks. Eating fruit. It's nice. Keeps you on a plateau. Keeps you centered. Keeps you pure. Keeps you concentrated. Very light to be. Starcracker! Oh, come on, Bernie! Get him up, get him up! Yeah! It's easy now. Big guy's threatened because I've got a bigger bow than him. He's threatened, it's understandable. He's got this piddly little bow which he pulls out. You're just threatened because I've got a bigger bow than you. Why am I red? Why am I red? It's not the bows that count, it's the arrows. He's going to wear gloves, he doesn't know what he's going to get. Try a plum. Yeah, plum. Can I get the plum? Yeah, one sec. 
Oh! Hey, I'll do it. Yeah, I've heard that about you. Yeah! Well, there just isn't the stuff these days. I find myself doing all my own stuff these days. Acting included. No way. Yeah. We're pissing! Jesus! We're weeing! We're right. weeing together. Make sure it's back in. Yeah, I'm looking at sit right now. Come on, hurry up. No. Come on. No. Hello, I'm just using it. I'm tired. Burns, you see, it's um, a special kind of chemical glue that, that burns. It's a base. This part burns the worst because it's quite a sensitive area of um, skin. Stand by to light those pipes. <coughs> so, Roscoe, have we got another lighter? Two lighters would make things a lot quicker. Good idea. And go down and get ready on the road. I mean, I go with it. We got drinking sandwiches. We just need smoked some women. We're dumping about 55 tons of water on Isengard, and this is for the sequence where the ants break down the wall and the flooding of Isengard. But after dumping 55 tonnes of water, obviously we've got the issue of uh, getting rid of it and what we do with it. Um, so we're actually recycling it because to fill these two containers with 55 tonnes of water takes about an hour and a half. So to save time and to save water, uh, we're actually recycling it. We've uh, put additives in the water to stop foaming because foaming is quite often an issue with shooting the water effects. in there four hours. Go make up with him. 
Probably the most intimidating aspect of embarking on this project was the sense that we had this incredible responsibility to deliver on in an interactive format in the same way that Peter Jackson had delivered in film. He has taken some of the most beloved literary works of all time and translated them into an epic film masterpiece that has created millions and millions of fans worldwide. Are you frightened? Yes. Not nearly frightened enough. At the beginning of a project, you're working on the conceptual side and the design side. As the project progresses, programmers, artists, animators, environment artists, modeling specialists, texture specialists, all these people are thinking about their one area of the game, but in terms of the overall experience. One of the advantages of being able to work so closely with the filmmakers is we were able to use the models and props that they created for the film as reference for the stuff that we needed to create in our game. In designing Aragorn, we really had to think about all three playable characters at the same time. For example, Legolas is much more of a speed and finesse oriented character. Gimli is a small the battle tank. Aragorn is more a blend of the two. We looked at the moves that each of the characters made frame by frame before we started to build anything. Then we would create a wireframe of the character. This is their basic proportions and size and scale. Then we would add texturing and lighting to complete their wardrobe and add the fine details of their character. The actors were very interested in uh, working with us. In one case, Viggo Mortensen showed us some of his action moves. He and his stunt double open up a crate of swords and start sparring with one another. That became the basis for many of Aragorn's moves. When we were selecting scenes from the film to include in our gameplay, Balin's tomb really stood out as a strong candidate. It's one of the most memorable moments in the first film. We wanted to recreate the sense of ambiance. It's this very strong beam of light on the tomb itself. That was a challenge for our environment modelers and lighting specialists. The village of Rohan levels are unique in the sense that they allowed us an opportunity to expand upon areas within the film. The actual game level itself looks and feels very much like the film locations in terms of lighting, uh, the shape of the architecture, the people who were there. But we actually build upon that in this particular case and create areas of the level for the player to explore and fight in that they perhaps didn't see in the film. There is a union now between the two towers, Orsank and Baradur. What's uh, wonderful about this game, Lord of the Rings, is that you are getting on your own screen the voices of the original actors, uh, all of them. Help, Aragorn! Aragorn, help! It's incredibly authentic, and I think it's really difficult to make a game based on a film. This game does it. It's very much like the film. 
We designed a very dynamic music system that reflects the mood of the actual events in game. One ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, fight! In the film, Saruman attacks Helm's Deep with 10,000 Yurikai, so we had to use other elements at our disposal to create the sense of battle. Through sound effects and audio, we really make it feel like there's thousands of orcs in the location. If someone plugs in the game and they say to themselves, oh my god, this is the film, then we've achieved exactly what we set out to do. This is the place that I remember from the film. I'm there, I can do something. It's now my turn. That's the way we want the player to feel.